Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Beat Your Jeans podcast, and my name is Nate G. I created this podcast to bridge together the science of evolutionary psychology and the clinical experience of Dr. Doug Lyle, all so that we can discover what life is all about. In each episode, Dr. Lyle analyzes and explains the psychology behind real-life situations from our listeners on topics like romance, friendship, work, family, health, and many more. We broadcast live every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which means you can call us during the show and ask Dr. Lyle a question. The U.S. number is 657-383-0751 or send in your question through the website, www.beatyourgenes.org. Dr. Lyle, I wanted to to ask you some questions about dating. Now, I came across this video of this this lady, this woman who was talking about why dating is messed up for for girls, apparently. Uh, So have a listen. It's a couple of minutes long, and I want to get your reaction to it. For years and years, I had boyfriends. I'm one of those girls that I have a boyfriend, and then suddenly magically I'd have another boyfriend. Sometimes they kind of overlap. Don't judge me. Shit happens. But I'm a boyfriend kind of girl. But now having been single for the first time in a long time, welcome to my new video. Why dating is fucked. Dating is weird to begin with. Hi, a human. Wanna, like, human with me a little bit? When a guy used to want to date a girl, he would ask her on a date. Show up at her house. Probably with flowers or something. They'd even say hello to her father. I'm gonna bang your daughter within the next few dates, probably in my car. But I'm gonna look you in the eye, because I'm a man. Yeah, that was dating. Guys would plan things. It was an event. It gave girls a reason to get dressed up and smell nice and have a new outfit and feel all pretty and get girly. Yeah, yeah. At work, most of us girls basically have to act like dudes now. When we go on dates, we want to drop the workness and grow up. When girls feel pretty, they want to put out. But dates don't fucking exist anymore. Netflix and chill. And by chill, I mean... Kind of the opposite of chill that would actually be quite warm. Has replaced getting to know each other and stupid fun conversations. If I don't get a piggyback ride from a guy within the first, like, three dates... He's out. Girls gotta have a standard. Yeah, I'm sick of guys saying that girls are crazy and clingy because they text you when they like you. Acting like you're a goddamn 10, you're a 4. And with your shitty personality, you're like a minus 2. You're lucky that you don't have to fuck a blow-up doll. Yeah, yeah. If you actually want a real relationship, we have to stop playing fucking games. Don't get me wrong, I love games. I will kick all of your asses at Twista any day. Right hand on blue, already there. Left foot on green, you know it. I'm real. So what do you think, Dr. Lyle? Well, I think that uh, it's, a, it's an attempt to, to uh, sh- show some humor about the uh, frustration level that people have with this process. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a, a theme that goes in this little vignette is about how it used to be better, different, more civilized, et cetera. But uh, it, it's quite frankly the same game all over, and the game has not changed in two million years. 
And now is, you know, th- this, uh, just to give credit where credit's due, the, uh, the name of yeah. the clip just is from Nicole Arbor. And, uh, and yeah. she seems to make it all out to be about, uh, this is a, this is frustration from females. Is this, uh, yeah. is this, is this only unique to females? The, 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 the nature of this whole thing is frustrating. The, uh, this is, this is kind of, uh, let me give you an example of what this is like. This is like a oh, think of a this is like a, a an antelope you know bitching about how it is that the, the lions just there's just no end to it. The lions are always on the lookout for you. You constantly have to look left, right, and sideways. You have to be paying attention to the birds in the trees and any shift in the wind. Those damn lions like it, it just you know this is how it is these days. If you don't if you're not on your toes, you're going to get eaten. Now, this is a game that has been going on forever, for millions of years. And the same thing is true with uh, men and women having sex and having relationships and having babies. This process has been going on for two million years the, uh, the, when it comes to relationships. So if, if you were talking about an animal that did not engage in relationships where there was uh, what we're going to call pair bonding or an attachment process that we call love, then, then you would not have any of this angst because it would all be simply a different type of game, which is to just go find the most sexually attractive opposite sex member you could find and see if they'll have sex with you and then you're done. And, and the vetting process is about 15 seconds. So we live uh, with a different uh, situation and therefore our process is more complicated. Very interesting. So, so in this case, uh, the women are complaining that they are being pursued, which is, I think, very natural, and that they, they, that if they don't watch out, they're going to be uh, subject to casual mating strategy where they didn't really get any resources or any commitment. Right, which has been going on for two million years. <laughs> so this exactly. is nothing new. This, this is actually casual mating strategy is the only mating strategy that existed more than two million years ago in proto-humans, and in yeah. fact, it's it's the it's the it is the only strategy that exists in ninety-seven percent of the mammals. So the the fact that there is any male investment at all in offspring, including buying you dinner or even or even arranging for you to see Netflix at the guy's apartment, you know, that might cost him $10 a month. This is provisioning. And so uh, provisioning in our species has been going on for about 2 million years. And therefore there's nothing under the sun. And these complaints are, are nothing new. And so why, why do like, why do women complain about this kind of stuff? Women complain for the same reasons that men complain. And the, the problem is, is that this is a, you can just imagine if you were talking to the lions and the gazelles on the African savannah. So the gazelles would be bitching about the lions, about how they just, they're just relentless and they're always wanting more of us. And you always got to be on the lookout. And back in the old days, it was better. You know what I mean? But now it just <laughs> seems like everything is just rotten to the core and you can't trust anything. Okay? So there used to be some real nice grass out there where, you know, there weren't any lions and you could see anybody coming, but now, you know, that's not what's going on and it's a terrible situation. Then you talk to the lions and it's like, I just don't know what's going on with these damn gazelle. 
you know, there's, they haven't bred enough or something, and it was, we're getting short on these guys. And then not only that, it seems like the, the, weak, the weak ones have already been picked out, picked over by that other pride. And when we're trying just to make a living out here, it's tough, okay? So the, 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 uh, bedrock, the backdrop of nature is scarcity. Scarcity is a fundamental, um, ubiquitous feature of, of life. Life is uh, in trouble always, seeking uh, valuable things or what we're going to call values. So each kind of creature has its own kind of values. So if you're a dung beetle, you value dung. Okay. If you're a, if you're a pigeon, you value opposite sex pigeons and you value some other things. But if you're a human, you have what we're going to call human values. And the human values are universal values that people all value. Now, the things about things that are valuable is that things that are valuable are scarce. Okay. So uh, very often, not always, you don't have to, like, air is valuable, but it's not scarce. But most things that are valuable are scarce. And that means that there are conflicts of interest between individuals about getting those things. Okay. So in this case, when it comes to sexual reproduction, it is the, the goods are always scarce. Okay. So the, from the standpoint of an individual male, there are not enough good looking females that are interested in him from the standpoint of a female. There are not enough good looking males that are interested in her. This is a ubiquitous feature of human mating uh, problems. And so this is, Nothing new, and it's been going on forever. So the concept is scarcity, and it, this is what uh, actually the philosophers will, will describe as the tragic view of existence. Not that life is a tragedy, but it is, it, it, we, we call it tragic because it's a bummer. It's a bummer that what you want is inherently scarce to you. And, of course, you can recognize that a few individuals out there, this is not true. The, the, the major lottery winners of the genes uh, and circumstance are people for whom there is not scarcity. But for the overwhelming majority of animals, uh, the overwhelming majority of the time, including humans, humans live in a, a bubble of, uh, or a perplexing situation of scarcity. And this is the frustration that you will hear forever about human mating situations. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, well, let's yeah. get into some questions here because uh, with all this uh, dating and everything like that, um, I was reading yeah. a GQ magazine, uh, GQ magazine, and there was an article there that was very fascinating because it has to do with what we talk about. And it talks about mm-hmm. how much should a man spend on a first date? Mm-hmm. And the question is, is it $50? Is it $500? What if it's going well? Uh, so they give us a a set of advice and I'd like to go through mm-hmm. this one by one with you and we'll, we'll go sure. over and see, see what your take is. Yeah. So num- number one, they say, remember how you met. If you ran into each other at a dive bar, then you probably don't want mm-hmm. to spend as much as if you were tagging along at some friend's yacht party. Uh, either way, sure. the expectations that have been set by that first moment is what really makes the difference. And you also yeah, want to remember not quite what, right, by the way. Ah, right, okay. But that's okay. Go ahead. Okay. So the paragraph also says, remind yourself whether this whole whole date idea was your doing. Have you been trying to get this date for months, trying to plant seeds and hoping that the evening will somehow end in some epic fairy tale? 
or you might, well, you know, if, if that was the case, you may need to slow it down a little bit because that's unrealistic. So that was their first mm-hmm. piece of advice. Okay. First person piece of advice, they, they superficially have it right, but they are, they're missing the point. The point isn't where you met. The point is your socioeconomic status. Okay. So if you, it doesn't matter where you met, you, you could, you could have been, you could have met uh, in a plumbing shop. But the bottom line is, is that if, if you are high socioeconomic status and the, the woman is high socioeconomic status, she's in there looking at, you know, uh, solid brass fittings for her condominium that she's going to be re, revamping in New York City. So we already know she owns real estate in New York City and she's doing a remodeling job on it and she doesn't have a wedding ring. And when you manage to start flirting with her, you get good feedback, Okay. You may be in a plumbing shop, but that's a very high socioeconomic status human. And if you're not high socioeconomic status, you're in trouble. Okay. And so the, the, this is part and parcel of how human beings go about their business is that they, they select people who are um, in, in the, within hailing distance of their own socioeconomic status. And so the, uh, as a result of that, if you are high socioeconomic status, it's going to be expected that 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 if you if you uh, if you're going to agree to a dinner date, for example, it's going to be pretty expensive. Now, nobody, unless it was an older, super wealthy person hitting on what is clearly a 28-year-old, really hot gold digger, and that there's a there's a tacit agreement that that's sort of where this wacky thing is headed, then clearly you better be looking to spend $300, and anybody that's in that situation probably would. But the kind of money that you're talking about is proportionate to the socioeconomic status uh, of those people. So if you're a, if you're a hundred thousand dollar a year person, uh, then you would probably be expected to spend somewhere between, you know, 60 and a hundred dollars. If you are are a $50,000 a year kind of a person, they probably, that's probably who you're not hitting on. And so you're probably looking at, you know, 40 to $60 instead. Okay. So it's sort of in principle, it's, it's a dollar for every thousand for every thousand dollars you make a year. That's probably a really good rule of thumb. If you make $20,000 a year, you're probably spending $20 on dinner. And um, that, that would be actually a fairly reasonable signal to the individual on the other side as to who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Point number two, they say yeah. your location will determine a few things. And it looks like you've kind of covered this saying, if you live in New York, expect to buy at least one extra drink on account of the no driving thing and also to pay for a cab home. And they also said pay for the cab, not for Uber because Uber allows you yeah. to see exactly where the person lives, which could be creepy. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a place like Iowa, you can probably afford to get an extra side of dinner or a, or a dessert uh, even if the person says they're full, because it's the thought that counts. Yes. Now here's what. Now this is a, this is obviously advice for men. The um, it depends on what strategy you are playing, and probably you should play this the same way no matter what. Now let's suppose that your attitude depends upon how interested you are in the person. We're going to assume that you're very interested, or that you're not going to be there. So we're going to assume that, that you are going to expect that this is no easy project uh, to win this person over. 
and that you are, um, furthermore, there's going to be a, um, a difference between whether or not this is casual mating strategy or pair bond strategy. So casual mating strategy is going, you're going to be more variant in how you would play this game. So if you're a casual mating strategy player, and it depends upon your own personal budget and means, but if you're not that interested in the girl long-term, you might either play one strategy, which is to be relatively inexpensive and budget conscious uh, because you are not really that interested, so you're trying to minimize your financial you know, outlay in a situation that, that, is, uh, that is sort of sketchy in the first place. Or you might actually go over the top trying to impress this person and uh, signal that, that you, you have a lot of resources to throw around and that you're very loose with resources. That's actually a uh, – that's probably the optimal strategy for playing casual mating strategy uh, because the, the person on the other side is sniffing that they might be able to uh, grab a lot of resources in the short term which is what females do very often or that they're that it's part of female mating strategy when it comes to uh, short-term mating strategy. So you, you might want to just like act like really loose with your wallet and like uh, in order to essentially, it isn't that it's so much impressing them, but it's more indicating that if they have a little fling with you for a couple of months or a few weeks, that there might be a lot of little, little uh, financial advantages that may come from from this because you are you don't you're not careful with your resources. Now, I I'm not interested in e- either one of these games, but this is how one would go about making the decision. The 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 games that that I'm interested in are pair bond, pair bond honest courting. And so so if you are actually trying to make a good impression on this person, get to know her better and try to vet her for whether or not this is a long-term relationship potential, then the way you want to do this is you want to, you want to signal your respect for her sexual attractiveness by going to the high side of wherever it is that you would uh, normally consider eating. So if you would normally think that a pretty good restaurant would be $50 or $60 for two people, you should be at a place that's $80 or $100 for two people. If you'd normally go to a place a little fancier at 60 to $80 for a couple of people, you should pony it up, you know, over a hundred dollars or that range. So the point is, is that how nicely you take somebody out where you go. Um, this is a signal to the female about how sexually attractive you find her. The, uh, then when you are there, the notion is to, to uh, not be lavish and crazy the way you would with the casual mating strategy but be very relaxed and generous. In other words, you're, you're signaling that, that we, we're, we're going to have a nice time and that, if, you know, that what looks good for you, we're going to have some kind of appetizer. In other words, you're going to order uh, a little extra things for yourself, et cetera, and you're certainly going to be uh, having no compunction about uh, any, anything and more that she wants to eat or drink. The notion here is we are trying to signal to this person that we find them very interesting and that short-term expenses in respect, with respect to courting them are of no importance whatsoever. Now, the truth is, is that this is, a, this is a generally very good strategy. 
uh, for a number of reasons, and that is that if you are um, so, so we're not going so far as to lavishly waste money in the way that we would for casual mating, um, but we are close. In other words, we're generous and relaxed, and we are not thinking and looking at the bill. We are acting unconcerned about the financial issues. The reason why is that you are going to be able to see inside of that uh, female's psychology about this whole thing, um, somebody that is uh, a probably a good Parabon partner is going to be relatively conservative about how she goes about spending those resources at dinner. She's going to be thinking along those lines. Also, females are going to be also, um, uh, there's a tacit agreement uh, in male provisioning females that if you provision the hell out of them, they understand that there's a creeping little debt of sexuality that's creeping up on the other side of the ledger. And so, if we uh, so therefore a female that is not really that much of is not a casual mating target that is somebody that is uh, that has more defense of the eggs than that is going to not be so lavish about spending your money and therefore uh, you don't have to worry about that quote you might get taken advantage of by the right person you might be quote taken advantage of by the wrong person but then you just found out something very important okay so. The, uh, so therefore, that that that's research money into that woman's character, and uh, how she goes about this dance. So that's how I look at that situation. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I think it's important to signal that you are not trying to save ten dollars at that dinner in your decision making. Uh, the, the the whole point here is that you're trying to provision her to the state where she's comfortable and having an excellent time and not worried about the financial issues. Uh, remember, guys, all this wacky talk about female equality or that she should pay half or any kind of crazy stuff like this. You have to understand that we are designed by nature to risk our lives and limbs to provision females. That is exactly how the females are designed by nature to read our behavior and be looking for whether or not we are signaling that we would do such a thing for them. If you do not signal that you would do such a thing for them, they understand that they are not that valuable to you, and therefore they're in the wrong place. That's uh, that's very interesting that you said that because I remember a long time ago when I was in college, and I went on a on a like a one or two dates with this uh, self-described feminist, and that was a while ago, so it wasn't like this big thing. But she was telling me about how women should be equal, and you know they should pay for their own things. So I said okay, and we went we went out, and 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 uh, the bill came, and I said, well, aren't you a feminist? And she goes, yeah, and she was like insistent on paying her own half. And I thought, okay, yep. well, you know, I guess she wants to do that, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. But I never saw her again. <laughs> right. And, uh... <laughs> yes, it's an interesting thing that this is this is actually a little different twist that isn't particularly important. But this in the in the search for um, for people trying to figure out these sociological problems between men and women here in the last thirty or forty years, the uh, and trying to like iron out. The, the, the legacy of our history, which has been, you know, problematic and conflicted, as you would expect. The, um, as, that, as we have worked that out, some people have been wound up a little confused about how this really should go down. And, um, and the truth is, is that 
what I'm now suggesting to people is that you need to go back. If you're going to do this correctly where it feels right, you're going to wind up back at a fundamental Stone Age um, algorithm, which is going to be you signaling to the female that you are signaling to her about how attractive she is by your willingness to provision. And that's what the dinner date is. And so um, when it comes to real life meetings, uh, this makes sense to me. For instance, if I'm at a lecture at say like a Ted talk type of thing, or I'm at like a university class or, or at the, like you said, the plumbing shop and I see somebody that I'm attracted to and I strike up a conversation. I already know a lot about the person without even talking to them. I can look at, I can look at if they're uh, if social with their friends, if they're, you know, if they're at a lecture, I know that they have some base level of intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. However, nowadays yeah. we've got online dating. We've got uh, the quicker social media apps like Tinder, Happen, things like that. And then we've got Match right. and OkCupid and Plenty of Fish and all. And uh, what, what are some other ones? eHarmony and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's many other ones. Um, whereas yeah. online, you really don't know anything about the person other than what they've written and, uh, and mm-hmm. what kind of photos they've shown. In, in right. my experience, uh, some of that can, like, you, you get to know the person, and, and it, well, I mean, even first date, you don't even know them yet, uh, other than right. what they've written and kind of the conversations you've had. So how do we remedy right. that compared to the live dating? Well, there's no, there's no, oh, you mean, how do you remedy that in terms of what? What are you thinking? Uh, when we go on, you, when you go on the first date, uh, when you go on the first date, you've already kind of. If I meet somebody live, I already know a lot right. about them, and I can already, I can pretty well tell how excited I am, how excited they are about right. actually wanting to go on the first date. Whereas right. online, I'm thinking, you know what, this is great. These are messages back and forth typing, but I really just want to get to right. know them first, see them in person the first time. Yes. Now this this depends upon your strategy. So people. Hmm. People don't, uh, with online dating, they don't necessarily want to get locked into a dinner where they've ruled the person out in two seconds. Right. And so this is where people are becoming more amenable to just meeting at Starbucks. Okay. And so this is, um, this is fine. And so this is uh, actually probably the right move. I mean, a good move for men is to uh, – offer that that you would take them to dinner or lunch or whatever if they if they parry back that they how about if we just have a casual or you could even signal to them uh in other words if there's been an online you write to them you say you're interested they write back if they're interested okay well so far now that you've got a live site on the line so the next move is going to be you're going to suggest getting together and then a good move is to suggest, you know, whether you want uh, just a casual meeting for, for coffee or tea or would you like to, you know, you, you then also invite them to dinner. I, I think that it's a, a good move to essentially signal both. The, um, the, and then the woman can choose how it is that she wants to play it, okay? And so that's how I would go about it. If I was going to invite somebody to dinner, uh, remember, when you're looking at a Match.com profile, you can tell the socioeconomic status. It's, it's telling you right there. Everybody, everybody's spilling their socioeconomic status all over the page, and so and so are you. And so you better not be trying to hit on people 
who, if you're a $50,000 a year person and they're a $150,000 a year person, you're in trouble. You're going to get ruled out. That, that relationship will never fly. The, um, if you are a, uh, if you're a, you know, if, if you've got, you know, two semesters in junior college and they've got a PhD, this is never going to fly. So unless uh, it's unless casual meeting, right? Yes. Well, you know, this is a whole different animal. So when I when I'm discussing this, I'm discussing this through the lens of Parabon strategy uh, mm. for the reason the Parabon strategy is the overwhelmingly dominant strategy of the of the female. Okay. I see. So the par- uh, casual mating strategy is a strategy that typically males play on females while the, while they are pretending to play Parabon strategy. So that, that's a whole different you know situation there. That's that's the disgust of the female that made that comedy thing early in this tape. So, um, yeah, so when we're, but when we're talking about this here, the, the, the game plan is you, um, you certainly are only going to be writing to people and hitting on people that you believe you're attracted to them. And you believe that the, that the general parameters make a lot of sense in terms of socioeconomic status and, um, and that you are hopeful that this is a potential paradigm strategy. So the, the, the problem is, of course, that as we discussed last week when we talked about the magic 10%, people are cheating in their photography exactly to the level of 10%. So a 6 looks like a 7, an 8 looks like a 9, and a 9 looks like a 10. That is exactly what's happening. It's, not, it's interesting that people do not generally try to cheat more than that. So there are sevens out there that might have one photograph that looks like a 10, but they will, they will leak the fact that they are a seven in one of their photographs. So uh, one of the founders of Match.com uh, pointed out that everybody is privy to this. And so that, that, that when it comes to the responses that people actually get, uh, as he put it, quote, you're only as good as your worst photograph. So, um, so you know, when you see six, yeah. And you see six photographs that look like she's an eight to a nine, and then you see one that looks like a seven. The guy knows that then no, she's really a seven. Okay. You so know that's that's the, a the good theme. point. That's a good point yeah. because um, I was just hanging out with a buddy a couple of days ago, and we we're just having coffee and chatting, and and we were showing each other. You know, he was showing me some of the matches that he's gotten on these sites, and and in the middle of our conversation, apparently. Uh, one of the ladies that he's been talking to changed a couple of her photographs. Uh, and, yeah. so, and he notices that. And right away he's like, what the heck? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. And that's exactly right. what happened is she, she looked like she was way more attractive. And then all of a sudden, right. you know, <laughs> got she, ruled she, out. Uh, and this is what people do is they, this is what I call leaking the truth. Okay. So when someone is caught, you know, or they are very likely to be caught in a lie. They start leaking the truth is what happens. So they start, you know, finagling around the edges uh, and sort of leaking little cues that it isn't quite what it is that they said before. So this is exactly what happens in his profiles uh, with the photography. So they don't they don't lie in their in the, in the rest of their uh, situation very much. They don't then not not outside of any reasonable bounds. The reason is is that the big variable in human sexual attractiveness is, their, is our appearance. And so the, uh, as a result, this is where the, the greatest deception is likely to wind up. And so, um, and so as a result, uh, your, this is why 
Uh, and since this is true on both sides of the equation, um, it, it makes sense to offer to have a casual meet before we have the bigger meet. Okay. So it's not unusual to arrange to meet somebody for coffee on a Saturday or Sunday morning, late morning, and then at, then if, it, if you like the girl, then you say, well, you know, I'm going to be having lunch. You know, would you like to join me? And so if you like her then she, uh, and she likes you, she's very likely to say yes. Okay? And then your, your plan would be to head to, you should have the plan is to head to a lunch that is pretty consistent with your socioeconomic status. Okay, so, you know, you don't cheap it out. And uh, that's probably the thing that I would tell uh, men the most important thing to do is to don't be trying to save money on this process. This is, this is the only point to the money, really, when it gets down to it. The whole point to, your, to uh, working hard and getting resources is to uh, be able to use these resources in various ways to uh, finagle for mates. If that were not true, then all you'd need really is a 10 by 10 room with the toilet and a hot plate and, you know, a couple thousand calories a day. And that's it, you know, and a television set. So it doesn't take very much money to survive. It takes money to, to uh, create the accoutrements that signal the one could uh, not only can provision a female, but could provision a female and children regardless of sort of where it is that you are in life and what your plans are. The female brain is looking for those types of cues, and she's looking for indications that she is attractive enough that you would, that you would uh, provision her, and she's picking that up. She's picking up those cues unbelievably quickly on date one. Oh, okay, so what about uh, – so, you know, the, in terms of resources, what about things yeah. like paying for the gym membership, the yoga classes, the whatever, skydiving lessons or, I mean, scuba lessons or, you know, whatever kind of fun stuff that, that you do with your friends or by yourself or paddle boarding or whatever, all that stuff. Uh, is that just all about mating? Yeah, it's, uh, slow down. So I'm not quite sure what you're asking. So well, you said that, that that in principle, the whole point of, yeah. of getting these resources is to right. provision is to provision for mates and, and provide for them. Uh, and right, I'm thinking, let me let me, yeah. let me modify that. Eighty percent of the reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't mean a hundred percent of the reason. There's there's things that you would like for yourself that would be completely independent of mating phenomenon, like going to a you know NFL football game. So the um, there would be things that would not be related to mating. But when we're talking about the serious money, um, you, the reason you, you go after serious money is to put yourself in a competitive position. If, if you are what people, what men do is they recognize as they calibrate their abilities relative to their competitors in life. And so you are competing with people in your age cohort for the most attractive females that would find you acceptable within that age cohort. Whether you know it or not, or you recognize it or not, of course you sort of recognize it. You are waging war against all other men that are, that are after the same women that you're after. And one of the ways that the women decide and choose between worthy competitors is they are, they are choosing on you know, a variety of factors. One of those factors, a critical one, is resources. That's why those are posted on something like Match.com. How much money do you make? 
okay? That's why that's a major question for females to have on there. The uh, Notice males don't care that much what the females make. The female can unashamedly put that she makes $25,000 to $35,000 a year, okay? A male that has to put that down just ruled himself out of any female that makes north of $50,000 in, in all probability. So the, uh, these are, these are uh, mechanisms by which people uh, make, make these mating decisions, and so therefore in our dating behavior, we are signaling you know, who it is that we are and what our intentions are for that female. So okay. be relative, be on the solidly on the generous side is what I would tell everybody. Okay. All right. So let's yeah. continue with the, uh, the rest of the advice with the GQ magazine yeah. article. So sure. uh, they also said, do a checking account gut check. The goal here is not okay. to eat off the dollar menu for a week just because you went big on the first date. So look at your bank right. statement and come up with a rough, rough estimate of what you can, you can spend in one night and then add a little bit more <clears> just to give yourself some wiggle room. That way, if you blow your budget, you can still make rent. Yeah, this is all sort of funny talk. This is, this is almost useless talk for anybody that makes a, a reasonable salary. I, this, this, I guess, is what if we were talking to undergraduates uh, about, you know, gee, don't go to the fancy pizza parlor because you might be eight bucks short. You know, you, the amount of money that you would spend on a date with a female should not have anything to do with your monthly budget or you making rent. If it does, then you are not ready to be in the market with a, for looking for a female. You need to be working harder, getting extra hours, and putting some money in the bank. Okay, so you you do not you know that that's just that's just sort of ludicrous talk out of out of sort of a you know this sort of magazine that just has to come up with with readable moronic articles you know well, every week. Well, you know. As you're saying all this, I'm kind of thinking I yeah. have a box of gift cards in my room that I save just for first dates. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, so this is uh, the notion here is that if you're this is serious business and you are trying to find somebody that you're really interested in, the notion here is you you need to be prepared to um, go through a provisioning courtship process which will not be inexpensive okay now every female recognizes that there's a that there's a decay function on how expensively she will be treated for how long okay so it's going to be you know fancy 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 then a little less fancy okay so the she recognizes that this is reasonable that that the that the early going in the first few dates is a signaling mechanism that the male is telling her, you are very attractive, and I am very serious about pursuing you, and I am not going to be cheap on the resources in doing it because, essentially, I would direct my life resources towards you if we were together. So this is, this is the signal that he is sending her. Now, it, it's perfectly reasonable as we step it down to more normal uh, spending habits that um, then what we're and remember the spending habits shouldn't be so far out of line with who it is that you are as a person because that this should be your socioeconomic status. So the um, so but of course we're going to dial it back. But the female then does not care that we dial it back a little bit later on in the courtship because 
essentially she's recognizing that you are prudent uh, with your resources, that you do not spend them wildly or frivolously, uh, and that therefore you are a responsible person in terms of finances and that you are would be a good person to be pair bonded to because you are not you know frivolous. And so there's nothing wrong with this basic strategy if you're playing pair bond strategy. Okay. And so the next part is don't set the bar too high. First dates are about figuring out if the person is a reasonable human or totally nuts. Uh, going to the fanciest restaurant and then arranging for a flock of doves to emerge from yeah. the dinner <laughs> after uh, yeah. just it isn't just overzealous. It sets the wrong kind of tone for future dates. Uh, Where do you go after yeah, that? Just, Second dates have to be better than first dates because you've already burned through all the small talk and pleasantries. Yeah, you know what? This is all dating advice from morons. First of all, <laughs> nobody does goes over the top like crazy on the first date unless you're after casual mating strategy. Okay, So if you're a high-provisioning male with a lot of money to throw around and you're trying to impress a sugar baby, then go for it. Of course, you're going to have a dog, you know, bunch of, you're going to put them on a jet, and whatever the hell it is that these people do. That's not what we're talking about. And nobody goes over the top crazy on date one. Okay. So that's, that's, that's not a threat that anybody needs to be warned against. They have to be warned against typically of looking too cheap. Okay. That's what you need to be warned against. You need to be understanding that you're sending a signal. Now the, uh, this is what this is about, by the way, this is called signaling theory. And so this is this is a, was a major innovation in biology in the 1990s where we came to understand that animals are constantly sending signals to each other. And then it was a little while later that uh, Jeffrey Miller, a uh, brilliant psychologist at the University of New Mexico, <clears throat> started to uh, – his head started to get clear over the fact that human beings are also – just like animals sending signals constantly. And so the, the dating, the early dating situation, uh, all of it, every single bit of it is nothing other than signal, 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 signal. These are all signals going back and forth. And so the signals are, what do I really think of you? You know, and to, why am I interested? What are my intentions? You know, et cetera. And so the, the concept of it builds in the second date better than the first date is just complete and utter bullshit. You, you go to the second date that is, should be relatively the same in terms of provisioning as the first date the, uh, if you're serious and interested in the person. What counts in the second date, you, you are not, quote, out of small talk. You are never out of small talk with the right person. The truth of the matter is is that you people are, uh, if they are, what, what is happening is one thing that you will notice in humans that, that makes them utterly unique in the animal kingdom is that before they mate, they talk and they talk a lot. Okay. And so what we're doing is that we, in, in conversation, what you are doing is you are going through the second half of the problem with respect to selecting mates. The first half of the problem is what do they look like? Okay. Do you find them sexually attracted visually? Do they find you sexually attracted visually? That is problem number one. That's a huge problem, okay? Now, if we manage to get past those two barriers on each side, then we have to walk through their minds because there's, there's the nature of the beauty of who it is that they are as a person. 
And you may not find them that beautiful on the inside. And they may not find you that beautiful on the inside. So if it's, quote, going well, there is no way to – I was explaining this to a client. The, let's, there, there's a hokey theory out there in, in, uh, in sort of this romantic uh, speculation that, that a romance has to do with following a sequence of actions properly like the recipe for a cake. And that if you don't do something sort of in the right order with the right timing, you're going to mess it up. This is utterly ludicrous. This is not how it is. Human beings have deep, genetically built algorithms inside their heads to go through a process of vetting mates. This is why people could have been very interested in each other at one point in their life, but one of them already had a partner and they were in a marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Then four years later, that, that person, you know, th- th- those two people might have met briefly in some meeting for like kicked around and had like 20-minute conversation. And yet they, go, they part ways. They, they know who each other's are. That's my cousin's friend, you know, so-and-so. But, you know, I'm married. I'm not going to do anything about it. You know, maybe she's, who knows? Then four years later, they find out, oh, that's happened. That person is available. Many love stories look like this, where now it's like, holy smokes. This is exactly what happened with Michael J. Fox, by the way. Michael J. Fox had met Tracy Pollan when I think he, she, she was a guest on his show you know, 30 years ago. And uh, he was very interested. They had that week of interaction where they shot the, the, the half-hour show, whatever it was, Family Ties. And then uh, two years later, she broke up with her boyfriend, and he heard about it. He's like, really? Huh, that's too bad. Where's the phone? (laughs) So this is because the people are vetting each other. You aren't baking a cake and creating a romance. That is not how this works. Romantic uh, notions and attraction to individuals emerges spontaneously out of the interaction of those two individuals. It does not require a fancy restaurant. It doesn't require having a lot of fun. It doesn't require any ambiance. You can be sitting on a curb in the middle of an industrial area with, with smog, okay? Those two people are talking, making eye contact, listening, learning, asking questions, and vetting each other as they walk through each other's minds. They look at each other's bodies. They look at each other's faces. They look at facial expressions. They listen to stories they essentially are finding out whether or not each other qualify at the minimum standard for every single value that is important to each other. If they do not qualify at minimum standard on every single thing, then this thing will die. And so have thresholds of acceptability. Yeah, go ahead. um, So I'm thinking like, because of, because of this, uh, does that, does that make it so that the, uh, the actual uh, amount that you spend in a restaurant or a first date, is that less important? For instance, if, if people are going to have that connection and they're just, uh, they, they have that connection meeting up for coffee and then, you know, uh, or maybe that, maybe I'm just being cheap. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you are being cheap because the truth okay. of the matter is let's suppose you, <laughs> what, let's like, let's, let's look at how disastrous this is. Remember what the female is doing is she is, she is looking at, essentially 
even on a first date when you haven't met her, let's suppose you had a match.com profile and you thought you were interested, right? And so you, you actually you decided to meet for a dinner date. And you decided, yeah, but I'm not really sure I'd be really that interested in this girl. So the truth is, is I'm going to cheap it out. I'm going to go to a place that I'm going to get out of there for 44 bucks, okay? Because you know what? Being who I am financially, I could reasonably afford to signal that it wouldn't be unreasonable for me to spend 70. But you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try to cheap it out and get out of there for under 50 bucks. So you pick a place where you think you're going to save $25 on this whole thing. And what walks in, okay, what walks in is the right girl. And now what you're doing is you're, you're in, in a little bit of stress because you're like, shit, okay, I could have sent that, you know, I should have upped this game. Now, hopefully, and you probably will get away with it if she is the right girl, but it's still not the right strategy. Okay, so you're, you're putting yourself, you're handicapping this process, and it's, it's, a, it's a dumb move to save 25 bucks. So let's suppose that maybe you get 20, 22 new dates a year. So you're going to spend an extra 25 bucks a date. This is a $625 you know, uh, investment, best investment you'll ever make. My future dates will thank you, Dr. Lyle. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Uh, question number, uh, the, uh, the point number uh, five. We've got a couple more to go. Um, sure. Building up, build up to the expensive stuff. If you really want to plan ahead or aren't sure how things are going, like a blind date or a fear of commitment, give yourself a buffer intro date. Something that's best yeah. to start with, something chill, pressure, less pressure, inexpensive like drinks, then if things turn out to be a failure, you can just quietly excuse yourself without spending a ton. Diving headfirst into a Michelin-rated restaurant just to have the person tell you that she's involved in organized crime will be both awkward mm-hmm. and expensive. <laughs> yeah, this is all sort of reasonable and obvious, and it's just what we've been talking about. So, okay. the, um, yeah, that, we, we can skip that. Go ahead. All right, and then that, we've got three, uh, two more. It's um, pre- it. pre-plan a little bit. I know you're an yeah. in-the-moment type of guy, but it's easy to stick to a budget if you know exactly what the bill's going to be in advance. Things that This is the kind of stuff that falls into the cute first date category, like comedy shows, art gallery openings, and concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these days also establish you as someone with a little bit more imagination than the standard guy who says, let's go get drinks. Now, when, no, I was, well, I mean, when I was when I was younger, I, I when I was younger, I would take girls on dates. I didn't have a lot of money uh, in college, yeah. things like that. I would say, "Hey, let's go for a walk on the beach, or let's go watch a sunset, or something." Kind of, I won't reveal yeah. all my secrets here, but uh, right. but something like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, whereas what yeah. they're saying is is kind of do something similar. I mean, th- there's there's no th- this all this all falls under the category of you know how is it that you've met them. And have you leaped over the first hurdle yet, which is the most important hurdle, which is that everybody appears to be acceptable to each other physically. But it's a massive hurdle. Okay? So the, um, the, there's all different ways to play this. And so, um, I, and so, again, if you're in college and you don't have a lot of money, then you're, you're not going to be, since you're not making $50,000, we're not taking somebody out to a $50 dinner. And so there's all kinds of, you know, at that point, the, the um, you know, in the old days, 
the uh, they, they wouldn't even take a girl out to dinner. They, they would take them for a, a soda, okay, or they might go to the movies. So in other words, it's, uh, it depends upon the, the whole socioeconomic status of an individual, et cetera. So, yeah, I think, I think I've kind of covered this issue uh, pretty well. So let's just kind of skip on and see what their next question is. Okay, that sounds good. Um, and you know, you've yeah. you've already touched on all this. Um, and the last point is actually saying yeah. exactly what you've said: is don't be cheap. Uh, you have to pay, and be gracious and yeah. cool about it. And don't have any expectations. Don't even joke about quid pro quo sex. And uh, oh, what yeah. they also say, which is what you suggested, is that if your date offers to uh, to split it with you, and if she's super adamant about it, uh, then you'll probably take it as a sign of a very highly independent person or that he or she just isn't that into you. Yes, uh, and that, that they're somehow they've had like PTSD about too many people trying to get quid pro quo. The, mm-hmm. um, I, I would say that the right move is if she tries to pay, you say no. And if she insists, you say no again. Okay, and you say, of course not. Okay, it's my pleasure. Right, so mm-hmm. you, this is what you signal. And mm-hmm. the... Um, you're, this is going to happen to a typical guy. It's going to happen like almost never. Okay, so the uh, but when it happens, I mean, it might happen what ten times in your lifetime. And so <laughs> get get ready. Okay, get ready for making the right decision. Okay, so this is a this is this is you know this is a five hundred dollar lifetime strategy distributed over a several year dating career. This is nothing. You make the right decision, and the right decision is, oh, no, it's my pleasure. You invited them. You're the male. They're the female. Okay? They, uh, uh, it's a highly conscientious female that is offering to, to pay. She doesn't really want to pay. She doesn't – because if, she, if you say sure, then what you're signaling to them is that they're not that attractive. If you are really not that attracted to it at all and you feel like she's a dog and you feel like she lied by 25% on her Match.com photos and you're kind of pissed off that you're even in this situation and she offers that and you're like, God, let me cut my losses, then fair enough, you've got my blessing. Okay? Mm-hmm. I still think in general it's a bad idea. And uh, so you're, the default on that decision is to say, oh, no. This is this is uh, this is on me and never look back. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe, write us a review or share this podcast with a friend to send in a question or read more about the show. You can visit our website at www.beatyourgenes.org. Until next time, this is Nate G and Dr. Lyle with Beat Your Genes, an evolutionary psychology podcast for finding happiness in the modern world. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.